Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 414 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Chick with Risqué. Risqué is the third studio album by the American disco band Chick. It was released on July 30th of 1979, recorded in 1979 at the Power Station in Manhattan, New York City, New York. The genre of the album is disco, soul, and funk. It was released on the Atlantic label and produced by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards. Out of the seven tracks on this album, there were three of them that were singles. Those were Good Times, which I had heard prior to listening to this album, My Forbidden Lover, and My Feet Keep Dancing. I wasn't able to find a lot of information about the recording process of this album, so we'll kind of skip to post-release on this album. The album is considered one of the records that defined the disco era, and the album became highly influential not only within the disco movement, but also in other styles such as hip-hop, art rock, and new wave. Looking back on this album, Good Times would be extensively sampled in other artists' work, most notably in the first rap song, Rapper's Delight, by Sugar Hill Gang, that was released in the same year as this album. Will You Cry off of this album was also sampled in Just a Moment by Nas from the 2004 album Streets Discipline. The album did sell rather well going silver in the United Kingdom and being certified platinum in the United States, which I kind of wonder, I don't really know enough about the background of disco to know if that was a worldwide trend or more of an American trend, it seems like maybe the United Kingdom, I would guess, would be a little bit into the disco movement since the album seemed to sell well there. But I was just kind of, it's not a genre of music. It was a short-lived genre, really. There's not, to my knowledge, a big disco scene going on right now. But... It was a short-lived genre somewhat, and I kind of wondered how far it actually reached across the world, whether that was more of just an American thing, or whether it was a worldwide phenomenon of that time. So, as well as being put on this list at 414, this album also makes other lists, Blender in 2002 would put the album at number 36 on their 100 Greatest American Albums of All Time list. Dave Marsh and Kevin Stein in 1981 would rank this album number 7 of the 40 Best Album Chart Makers by Year. Robert Dimery in 2013 included this album on the 1001 albums you must hear before you die. So there's another one we can cross off there. Tom Moon in 2008 would include this album on his 1000 recordings to hear you before you die. So there seems to be a lot of people 
with things that they want you to hear before you die, The Guardian had many different lists out. In 1999, they placed the album at number 34 on their 100 albums that don't appear in all other top 100 albums list. That's kind of a weird list. In 2007, it was included in The Guardian's version of 1,000 albums to hear before you die. Kind of wonder how all those stack up if they kind of agree on the same albums or whether they're completely different but in 2011 it was included in the my favorite album series in 2013 it ranked number 17 on guardian writers favorite albums ever then mojo had this album included in 2001 on their 1000 the ultimate cd buyer's guide And also in the 2003 and 2007 version of the Mojo Collection 3rd and or 4th edition, Paul Morley included it in 2003, Words and Musics, 5 by 100 Greatest Albums of All Time, NME in 1979, made this at number 23 of their Albums of the Year list, NME also in 2013 ranked this one at 208 on their 500 greatest albums of all time list. Q would rank the album number 45 in 1998 on the 50 best albums of the 70s list. It would be included on the Rough Guide Soul 100 Essential CDs that was released in 2000. Gills Verlant. In 2013, put it on their 300-plus best albums in the history of rock. Les Inrocutables, sorry if I mispronounced that publication, was included on their 2004 list of 50 years of rock and roll. Felipe Manicurve, sorry again if I mispronounced that, included it in his 2014 100 Necessary Albums, Rock and Folk in 1995 put this album on the 300 Best Albums from 1965 to 1995. Also included it in 1999 on their Best Albums from 1963 to 1999. And in 2014 put it on their 555 Albums from 1954 to 2014. Telerama in 1993 would put this album on the Best Albums of All Time list. And then of course Rolling Stone would include it on this list as well as in 1997 it made an appearance on the Essential 200 Rock Records which it surprises me the amount of rock lists that this album made it on because it's definitely not something that I think if you went by definition of rock that you would consider this but I don't know I feel like that's kind of a blurred line as you see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame putting a lot of different kind of acts in there, and that's kind of controversial in its own right. A lot of people either fully agree that they need to open up and broaden their 
genres that they allow in where you have more so rock and roll purists that don't see why some of these albums get in. I won't get into that because that's probably a whole different podcast that you could get into that whole debate on. But I was just stating that I do feel like it's it's weird how many rock and roll lists that this made it on, considering that it's a very disco dance kind of album. And when putting this album on this list, Rolling Stone had this to say about it, quote, Nobody thought a disco band was supposed to make a brilliant third album, but Chick always thrived on defying the odds. On Risque, the dynamic duo of guitarist Niall Rogers and bassist Bernard Edwards, who, if you remember, were the producers of this album, few sleek tropical R&B, Angelophile New Wave, and New York City Club Flash for a sound that's been the blueprint for pop radio ever since. Good Times is Chick's most prophetic groove. The story of hip-hop on wax begins here with the Sugar Hill Gang rhyming over it in Rapper's Delight, which I had mentioned before, end quote. I personally just kind of see this album for what it is and that's a disco dance album this album wasn't meant to really be anything super special i feel like it was just more so to get people to get up and dance and i feel like it does that well as a lot of the tracks have a very catchy groove to them and feel and I feel like Rolling Stone's kind of weighting it a little bit too much just because it was sampled for a hip-hop song and maybe that spun that whole movement. I wouldn't necessarily give Chick the credit for sparking the whole hip-hop movement as they probably didn't know that that would happen to their song when they wrote it. That wasn't the initial reason for them creating the music was to create this whole new genre that was something that someone else decided to do and probably just could have picked any song that was released but probably picked this one because it had just been released that year it was fresh and it was in people's heads new release and it was probably something that was getting a lot of play at the time so they thought hey we sampled this people will like it because obviously they like this song so i feel like maybe chick gets a little too much credit there for sparking a whole hip-hop genre movement but i could be wrong on that that's just my opinion on the matter like i had said i'd heard good times before coming into this i feel like it's definitely played a lot in many different movies and tv shows i don't know i just know that i've heard the song a lot before so, I've obviously heard it somewhere. I don't think it probably gets a lot of radio play nowadays, but I could be wrong about that too. I'm sure there's certain stations that probably do a throwback and still give this song a lot of radio play. I felt that a lot of the tracks on the album were pretty repetitive, but probably the most repetitive track on this album was A Warm Summer's Night, where... I think they were speaking in, I think it was Spanish. I honestly don't know. But there was very few different 
parts in this song. The music was the same. The part of it that was in English was repeated all the time. And then there were a few, I believe, Spanish-speaking parts in it. But there could have also been some other languages in there too, but there wasn't a lot of lyrical content to this song, and like I said, very repetitive when it came to the music and just lyrical content all around. It was kind of one of those tracks where, man, is this one going to be over yet? That's how I felt about it. I thought that Will You Cry might be my favorite track on this album. I really enjoyed it. I thought that it had good music parts, and I liked the main theme of when they say in the song, when you hear the song, you'll cry because you'll know you're wrong. And I kind of liked that, that it kind of gave the song a deeper meaning. It was one of the tracks on the album that it wasn't just a disco dance song. It was there for a different meaning, and you could tell that there was a little more substance behind it and purpose rather than just getting people up and dancing another track that did this for me was what about me and i really liked that one i thought that it had great music parts to it and it probably showed the most emotion on this album for the most part it was kind of group vocals and straightforward not a lot of emotion, just singing through the lyrics. Like I keep saying, it's an album that's meant to get you to get up and dance. But on this track, I felt like they put more emotion behind the vocals. There's more feeling. So this was definitely, with Will You Cry, one of my favorite tracks on the album. And I liked how they asked the question, Now you got yours, what about me? And the emotion that they put behind that statement. And you can just really feel it. And I really enjoyed that track for that reason. Placing this album on the list for me is kind of difficult. Which a lot of these are a lot harder to place than I thought they would be. But for this one, it's weird because it did have sales here in the United States. And in the United Kingdom, both being certified in those locations... But to me, it wasn't that special of an album to where every track was great and it was something that you have to listen to. But then again, it's getting credit for really sparking a whole new movement in music and spinning off the genre of hip-hop and rap and all that. It gets credit for doing that. And whether I think that's right or wrong... That's supposedly what people think, and I'm not here to change what people think. I'm just here to say what I think about the matter. And for me, it's going to move down, but I don't know. I could always possibly be convinced to bring it back up to where it's at right now because it did sell well, which is very important that it reach a high audience. And if it is influential and I'm just not seeing it, then... It's definitely important to music history. But for me right now, I'm going to put this album at 430, which is right behind Paul Simon's album and just ahead of the Pet Shop Boys because I feel like that's kind of where it slots in for me is back with the Pet Shop Boys album that maybe wasn't 
really a serious album, but something that still reached a lot of people and was pleasant to listen to. I didn't think this was a horrible album to listen to, with the exception of the one track that I had mentioned that's just so repetitive, A Warm Summer's Night, and that was the only track on the album that I didn't really like, but for the most part, the rest of the album was fun to listen to. It was an upbeat album for the most part, and like I said, just a fun album to listen to, but I just feel like 430 is a good spot for it right now. You can, of course, let me know how you feel about it by reaching me, the rolling review at yahoo.com, or by going over to Facebook and liking the fan page by searching at the rolling review, where you can comment there and see the updated versions of the list as I keep reordering these albums. Next time, we have. Credence Clearwater Revival with Cosmos's Factory. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is The Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind.